Are you your brother's keeper? Cain refused that. But do you have a responsibility to, I'm not saying keep tabs, but do you have a responsibility for your brothers and sisters Mm -hmm. around you? Uh, Paul's going to answer that here in Galatians chapter 6. You're listening to Between the Lines. I'm Junior. I'm Scott, and uh, I'll let you start off, Junior. This is, just this is the last, verses, so this this is is the last uh, chapter yep. here in Galatians. And you, uh, what, what do we start with tomorrow? I don't know. I asked you that before we hit record, and you didn't answer me. So, oh. I was, <laughs> Do you know? I don't recall. No. Okay. Right. Whatever's, on the, whatever's yeah. on the app, you yeah. read that tomorrow. Okay? Just do what the app says. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Here we go says, Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path and be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. That is huge. Mm. Solve the tension right off the bat. But oh, yes, man. you do have responsibility to your brothers yes. and sisters. And, and, and here's the thing, though, is that oftentimes someone who's overcome in a sin when a brother comes along, even with humility, because it says with humility, yeah. and we've got to make sure that we recognize we're just as sinful, but Oftentimes that, that brother or sister who's overtaken this sin, they just, they get angry, they get defensive, they will counterattack, they'll call names, they'll do all kinds of stuff. Yeah. But that should not keep us from still loving them enough to still do what God wants us to do and calls us to do, to love them enough to call them back. I actually saw this play out in a beautiful way this morning. Um, one of my friends, his he just had a terrible thing happen with the contractor just, Mm-hmm. messed up his house and I was feeling for him. He was getting a little angry. Yeah. And another buddy had kind of said, Hey, you should be upset, but like, let's also remember like we have to have grace here and um, let's not get too fired up about mm. this. And and it was just a very healthy, good conversation, but you had one brother who he, wasn't that he needed to mind his own business. He was just, he, he was doing what he should do. He was yeah. caring for his other brother. Because I'd be the same way where I'd be overly angry about oh, me it. Me too. Absolutely. And uh, I, I was hope, ready to go fight this guy. I would hope. Yeah. <laughs> I hope somebody would love me enough to talk me down as well. Yeah, yep. And I do like that Paul says, be careful not to fall into the same temptation right. yourself. I have seen this with guys before, Dan, you've seen this too, where uh, maybe some guys are keeping each other accountable. Let's say, for example, when it comes to porn, mm. uh, one guy's enslaved in porn and, and the other guy's, you know, keeping them accountable for it. And what can sometimes happen is through the accountability, there can be um, some wedding of appetites yeah. for the guy who ha- isn't into porn. And now all of a sudden he's falling into it himself because he's having all those conversations. It almost becomes normal. Oh, this is like a normal thing. Well, he's doing it. Mm. Well, why not me? And yeah. Um, and so he's saying, don't, don't fall into the same temptation. Share each other's burdens. And in this way that obey the law of Christ. If you think you are too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. You're not that important. Mm. <laughs> Pay careful attention to your own work. And then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. I love that. Yeah. Just take pride yeah. in your work, take satisfaction of the job you've done, do it to your best. And you're not going to compare it to other people. For we are each responsible for our own conduct. Yeah. So you're not responsible for that other person who may be doing wrong. You're not responsible for their wrongdoing, but that doesn't let you off the hook from taking responsibility for you having actions of love towards them. Yeah. So he's saying you're, you're not responsible for the person who's doing wrong, but you are responsible for yourself that you also need to go to them and love them enough. And also for your own conduct. Yep. Yep. Those who are taught the word of God should provide for their teachers, sharing all good things with them. That's an interesting verse. I've, I've never noticed that. But hey, I'm a teacher of God's word. You are too, dad. So yeah. that means you have to share all of the good things that you have. You need to share with me and my dad. 
know, the thing is, is we're, we're talking to a people who have been so generous, generous yeah, no, with their I'm, church. I'm and, completely joking. Yeah, I know you are. You are. You wouldn't say that, but uh, yeah, we've, we've been very blessed. Yeah, this but way. within context, what he's saying here, though, it, and, and there is a discussion, and it's a discussion today as far as like should should pastors be paid, hmm. and what and Paul addresses this a few times throughout throughout the New Testament. But he's saying, yeah, they they they're teachers of God's word, and they should be. Verse seven says, "Don't be misled." You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own spiritual nature will harvest decay and death mm. from that sinful nature. Oh. But those who live to please the spirit will harvest everlasting life from the spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we'll reap a harvest, a blessing if we don't give up. And I love that verse. I, love I, that I use it a lot in preaching yeah. because I think it's a great encouragement to all of God's people that He's promised, hey, don't get tired of doing the right thing because yep. the, the harvest will come. It will come. And you do get tired of doing the right thing. Yeah. Just like, man, I, you know, at my work, I'm like, I'm honest and I, I'm, you know, I'm working behind the scenes. I'm not getting recognition. I'm not getting ahead. Like, you're, you get tired after a while. He says, there's a harvest coming, a blessing. He says, don't quit. Keep running the play. Right. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. Mm. You want to take it up, verse 11, Dad? You bet. This is Paul kind of signing off. And <laughs> verse, uh, verse 11 is all. Oh, yeah. It cracks me I've up. I've always loved it. And I just, I think it's great that it's in the Bible. It yeah. just it's, helps us to understand the human element. It's it, all yeah. in caps, verse 11. Yep. Yeah. He says, notice what large letters I use as I write these closing words in my own handwriting. I almost wanted to yell it because it is all in caps. <laughs> it's all in caps. It's like an old person email. Because he used an, an, an amanuensis, which was basically a scribe. He was dictating this letter. And then to sign off, though, he wanted to do it with his own handwriting. But remember, he talked about he had some eye issues. He said, I think at one point, he says, you love me so much you would have taken out your own eyes and given them to me if you could have. And and uh, so we, we believe he had some eye issues. That was the thorn from Satan that was, that was bothering him, that health issue. And that's why when he took over writing, he had to write so large so he could see what he was writing. He couldn't write small. Anyway, it goes on verse 12. Those who are trying to force you to be circumcised want to look good to others. They don't want to be persecuted for teaching that the cross of Christ alone can save. And even those who advocate circumcision don't keep the whole law themselves because they can't. They only want you to be circumcised so they can boast about it and claim you as their disciples. It's like they want to put a notch in their belt. As for me, may I never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ because of that cross, my interest in this world has been crucified and the world's interest in me has also died. Man, this is an attitude that all of us need to take on. Yeah, I love that. It doesn't matter whether we have been circumcised or not. What counts is whether we have been transformed into a new creation. Yes, that's what matters. Have you been transformed? May God's peace and mercy be upon all who live by this principle. They are the new people of God. From now on, don't let anyone trouble you, trouble me with these things, for I bear on my body the scars that show I belong to Jesus. I think it's speaking of the whippings that he has received. Yeah. Dear brothers and sisters, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. And that's the book of Galatians. Okay. Loved it. Loved going through that book with that's you right. all. All right, we're in uh, Proverbs 1 now. Proverbs 1. And uh, what I've got in Proverbs 1, because today is, man, December 1st. Man, December 1st. Here we are. Yep. Christmas is upon us. It is. But uh, what, I, what I want to read here in Proverbs 1, 
and it kind of sets the stage for the rest of Proverbs. But the, these next few early few chapters, man, are just there's gold in this stuff about wisdom. But this is this is there's a personification of wisdom. It's crying out, saying, "Hey, come to me, because I can give you life, and I'm going to spare you of all kinds of problems." But then he gets down to this, and this wisdom is is pictured as a woman, and this this woman then cries out towards the end to those who refuse to listen, who did not seek after wisdom, and now they're in all kinds of problems because they just totally messed up their lives because they did not seek after the fear of the Lord and to gain wisdom. And so then she says, I will not answer when they cry for help because they wouldn't listen to me when there was an opportunity. Even though they anxiously searched for me, they will not find me. Yeah, now they're looking for me now that they're in all this trouble. For they hated knowledge and chose not to fear the Lord. They rejected my advice and paid no attention when I corrected them. Yeah. You know, at some point it can be too late to start making good decisions. Yeah. And whatever point you're at in your life, now is the time to start making good decisions. And that's only going to come through wisdom which is given by the fear of the Lord. Stop making decisions based on your feelings. Your feelings come from your flesh. And we already saw that in Galatians yesterday, what the works of the flesh do. It'll, they'll take you down. Stop speaking from your feelings. Stop re- reacting to people with your feelings. Stop going to work with your feelings leading the way. Instead, Everything you do, do with the fear of God in mind, asking him to give you wisdom from above and make decisions that are based and on wisdom that. from above, not your own wisdom, yes. not the wisdom of your co-workers, co-workers. Lost, yeah, lost peers. Yeah, you, your life should look drastically different than your neighbors because mm-hmm. you live from a wisdom from above. Yeah. And of course, wisdom from above is always going to point towards eternity, what yep. matters in eternity. That's right. All right. Well, today, December 1st, as you said, Dad, Christmas is upon us. It is National Christmas Lights Day. No, actually, it's National mm. Bartender Day. Oh. So, bless your... No. <laughs> it is National Christmas Lights Day. And I actually kind of like this because sometimes I get to Christmas, and I have little kids, and... There's been a couple times where I've been like, we never really enjoy the Christmas lights. I always loved that when I was a kid mm-hmm. driving around. You, know, yeah. you drive around. Mom always wanted to do it. Yeah. yeah. So. Look at all the lights in the on the houses and we just, no agenda, just driving around neighborhoods. Uh-huh. And um, and there's some spots around here. I know Rosemont has some Christmas yeah. lights and things like that. But maybe maybe just decide as a, as a uh, Jack's saying no, because he lives in Rosemont. He doesn't <laughs> want the traffic. <laughs> <laughs> but as a but they, fam- they've got live animals there in the park there. That's, yeah, we love do. going there. They do. Uh, but hey, as a family, or maybe just on your own, just decide, I'm going to take like just a half hour and just kind of soak in the, the Christmas vibes. Now's a good time. You don't want to get to Christmas and be like, I kind of missed it. Just mm-hmm. take a half hour, go drive around the neighborhood, enjoy the lights, enjoy the the Christmas feels, feel it today. And and part of that is that there's such great spiritual opportunities in those conversations yeah. with, with your kids, or if, even if you don't have kids and you're doing this with a friend or on your own, that there's some great, you, you know, the whole lighting thing. I, I understand it came from Martin Luther putting candles on a tree, which can you imagine the fire hazard that that yeah. would be? But, uh, but the, the, and the reason was, is he wanted to portray Jesus as the light. Yeah. And that, those lights, even though they're, 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 they're still left over from something really great. And yeah. they're celebrating our culture. They may not know the root of it, but we do. And that is, you think about in this dark time of the year, the light that Jesus brings. Yeah. And it actually goes, you know, 
I, I'll say that Martin Luther made it more Christmassy, but it actually goes before Martin Luther. Jesus mm. said, I'm the light of the world. Yes. And he said that in yep. front of the, the the temple menorah. Right. And then that menorah, you know, you have the Hanukkah, Hanukkah. Yep. And so you have, um, so Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. And that's what we're celebrating. Even though people today, most people, they don't know that when I put mm-hmm. Christmas lights up, I'm actually showing light and darkness, Jesus coming into a dark world, all of that. But that's that's how we as believers, that's that's how we interpret it. So yeah, enjoy so the Christmas good. lights in that mode with that. Yeah, lens. don't be one of those anti-Christmas Grinches. Christmas, we, we, maybe on uh, maybe next week we'll get into talking about, uh, in, in between the lines, about whether or not Christmas is Christian or pagan. I who cares? And yeah, I I <laughs> I've used some of those people that say, "Oh, Christmas is pagan." As kind of like the false teachers in Galatia that we just went through. just like legalistic. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. come on. This is a huge opportunity for us to be Christian to each other and to celebrate Jesus that He came for us. That's right. Let's make it that way. All right. Well, hey, have a good weekend. As we say every Friday, be mm-hmm. in church, be in God's Word, even though we're not quite sure what we're reading tomorrow. <laughs> I'll be reading though, so yes, you join I will me. be too. <laughs> I will be too, but yes, and I will be with you on Monday picking it up where you left off. God bless.